This is the Enigma podcast for 30th of November 2020. Now, the big story brewing over the weekend was, and you would have heard it on Friday most likely, but it was coming up again on Monday. There was a barrage of frightening headlines. The Block. Chinese police have seized 4.2 billion crypto from plus token Ponzi crackdown. Coindesk. Chinese authorities have seized a massive 4 billion in crypto from plus token scam. Decrypt. Chinese police seized 1% of Bitcoin's total supply. And so on and so on. Frightening headlines, but what's the reality? So the story here specifically relates to a court ruling in Yangsu province on November 19th. First broken by the block. Detailing the seizure of assets from Plus Token. Now, Plus Token operated between April 2018 and June 2019 uh, and was reported to have taken in more than 300,000 BTC, 9 million Ethereum, and a decent smattering of other crypto assets. Now, Plus Token was a Ponzi scheme and it was in the vein of countless other similar schemes, both inside crypto and outside. The structure was simple participants deposited crypto into the scheme. It promised guaranteed daily returns under a passive investment-based veneer. It delivered for as long as it could pay off old members with the funds from new members. And then suddenly one day, withdrawal was stopped, everyone's principal was lost, and so on. And the important part here was not the scheme and the details of it, but the fact that a huge amount of cryptocurrency had apparently and suddenly come into the possession of, well, in the first place, a state actor, in the form of the Chinese government, and in the second place, a state actor that has essentially zero incentive to hold it, which in turn raised the spectre of selling pressure onto open markets. So, with that in mind, should we be worried? Now, the short answer in this case is no. The long answer is that the reason we know to be worried about this sort of potential selling pressure in the first place is also the reason why there's little reason to worry right now. So, plus token shutdown basically literally at the 2019 top. The date generally given for cessation of operations is June the 27th. We peaked intraday on the June 27th Asian session at just above 13,500. This meant that when prices started falling after that point and into August and into September, it piqued some curiosities, prompted some on-chain analysis. This was a known the Ponzi scheme. And by October and November, reports started circulating in that regard. And um, the main person to report on it was the pseudonymous researcher Ergo, Ergo BTC on Twitter. And what his reports at the time suggested is that, yes, there had been consistent large flows from Plus Token connected wallets to CCP, Ch- Chinese Communist Party, connected exchanges like Huobi and OKX throughout the summer. And when you looked at the time that these infos came in, it lined up quite quite closely with major drops in the market and in all seem to account for significant excess selling pressure than would be expected on said exchanges all the way through to late November or so. That is, to the floor of the Q3, Q4 drown trend last year. Now, we noted this a few times in weeklies at the time and afterwards. Uh, it was part of the reason we were able to somewhat confidently call a bottom on BTC at 7,000 at the time. Um, reports at that moment, suggested that only a fraction of the total BTC amount remained in once at that point. Something like, of the 190,000, maybe 10,000 was still in wallets by December. And our thesis was that Plus Token has essentially hit the supply-demand dynamic at both ends. So you caused an excess of demand, 
to propel this from 3,000 to 13,000 in literally weeks in Q2. And then the nexus of supply after that. So the downtrend that we then saw in Q3 and Q4. And then we are, are think, thinking was that a plus token less dynamic in that regard would naturally skew positively for BTC. Now, one thing we should say here is not the case that the plus token liquidation saga, as it were, is over entirely. I mean, one thing that is coming up as a point of concern that should be noted is that while we know that the BTC plus token takings have been distributed and sold off, there are some question marks in particular on the Ethereum side, according to the on-chain data, which doesn't suggest distribution, doesn't just sale. Uh, authorities claim to have sold it. Authorities have claimed, but authorities have also claimed to only seize about 800,000 of the 9 million total that normally was in the scheme, which is about 10%. And that's curious, given that on most other assets, while they don't claim to have seized the full principle, they claim to have seized generally somewhere between 50% and 80% of the listed assets. So, for example, on BTC... 1.9 million was seized, the nominal amount in the in there was supposed to be 3 million. So that, that's a little bit of a concern. But still, we don't see it, that remaining amount as creating essentially a macro concern, particularly on BTC, probably not in Ethereum either, either. and certainly not in the same way as it was last year. Um, the bottom line is, from all we can tell, most of the BTC that needs to be, needs to be liquidated has been liquidated. And in the current environment, if it's not a macro concern, we generally don't think it's worrying about from a trading perspective. Uh, so that's the, kind of the bottom line on the plus token situation. It, the, the damage, as it were, to market structure in terms of this selling has already been done. That's the uh, Enigma podcast for 30th of November 2020. Thank you for listening. Good day. Welcome to the Enigma podcast for 7th of December 2020. One of the big stories of 2020 has been the rise of the crypto ETP. And one of the quietly intriguing parts about that story is that it's not really something anybody saw coming at the start of the year. Now, of course, there may be the odd evangel or two for it lurking out somewhere, but I know personally I didn't see much. And let's hark back actually to what the landscape was like in December 2019. Now, insofar as anyone had really talked about crypto ETPs in the previous 6 to 12 months, it had been in a negative sense, almost universally relating to the ongoing failure of efforts to create a US-traded, i.e. on the NASDAQ or something like that, Bitcoin ETF. Now, in 2017, for those in the space with an institutional or financial background, the possibility of a US-traded ETF was seen as something of a holy grail for the essential maturation of Bitcoin as an asset. Now, while the necessity of market structure, infrastructure in 2017 had forced a lot of people to become a lot more comfortable than they otherwise would have with buying and holding on spot exchanges as a means of having exposure, and clearly there were, in the first place, plenty of people who still sought exposure but weren't willing to deal with even the Krakens and Geminis of the world, or physically couldn't because of mandate restrictions, particularly thinking of things like funds, pension funds, this sort of thing. Now, products like Grayscale's GPTC gave, an away for, gave away in for a few, but GPTC was, and still is, an OTC product. It's a pink sheet. As much as it's not a typical pink sheet in, with regards to it's a, now a $10 billion fund, it doesn't solve that fundamental issue of access. 
So the possibilities, if BTC could be made available in those markets to that marketplace, well, the comparison often given was to gold ETFs, which sprang into being at shortly after the terminal of the millennium. Now, the first New York Stock Exchange listed product, which was Slate Street's SPDR gold shares, that came onto the market in 2004. By the end of 2007, gold ETPs, having been nothing before 2003 essentially, were now a $25 billion market, and this peaked at $147 billion in 2012. And in turn, that was a large part of that rally, what we saw in the late 00s, early 10s on gold, which went from $400 to over $1,600 in 2012. But coming out of 2019, things looked bleaker than they ever had before for the humble BTC ETP. With still no product available on major US exchanges. Now, the rejections in 2017, these weren't understandable. The nascent nature of BTC is a significant asset. The rejections in 2018 were a little more concerning, particularly given how quickly derivatives markets, which were seen explicitly by the SEC as a precursor to approval, were progressing. Again, though, we can understand it. Now, the continuing wave of rejections in 2019, most known to be the bitwise rejection in October, concurrent rumours that were later validated that Wilshire Phoenix application was also doomed, those were a problem and were generally taking as strong a signal as one could get that no approval would be forthcoming for at least 2021 um, on a Bitcoin ETP. Which, as, a, as it's happened, has played out. Um, there, is, there will be no NYSC Bitcoin ETP this year. Now, without that access, few were particularly enthusiastic about the possibilities presented by ETPs in 2020. But the market has absolutely exploded this year. And not even just because of the underlying price appreciation. So for a frame of reference, Grayscale GPTC held the equivalent of about 142,000 BTC at the end of 2015. That was 257,000 at the end of 2019. Obviously significantly more valuable because of how the underlying had gone, but about 80% increase. Today it holds 547,000. It's done in 2020, the sort of growth that previously took it four years. And the market as a whole has gone from somewhere in the 3 billion range last year. So 1.8 billion on GPTC, a few hundred million on other grayscale, a few hundred million on other products like CoinShares, to about 15 billion today, with 10 billion of that being GPTC. And while there has been the odd step forward, most notably Free IQ launching a BTC product in, on the Toronto Stock Exchange, this has largely happened without an increase in the scope of access for the most part. And actually some restriction with regards to UK clients no longer having access to Bitcoin ETPs. So that's, from, that's quite remarkable. So what's happened here? And there's two big sides to it, really. One is that it speaks to the extreme skew with regards to who's been buying on this run. The institutionally connected crowd, the sort of person who sees the track record now, is aware of the opportunity, is acting in a personal capacity or on behalf of groups who aren't mandate limited, maybe was too he was hesitant to invest in 2017, given that there was no track record really of BTC above $1,000, right? The other is that, particularly with regards to the grayscale, there is an extent to which this growth has been driven by money that is, in terms of positioning and outlook, agnostic to BTC rather than bullish. Uh, most of the large ETPs trade at a significant premium to net asset value. It's about 30% of BTC right now, for example. Hence, if one is willing to go through a creation process, put BTC in, 
and endured a lockup period, which on UBTC is six months, on free IQ products it's four months, it varies. One can collect that premium as an arbitrage trade as long as they're comfortable having the underlying locked in BTC. Now, we saw a lot of inflows on that basis of people who were happy to have the underlying locked in BTC and happy to have exposure to BTC from miners and the like in previous years. That's continued, but in 2020, there's also been an upsurge of firms entering this trade as a pure arbitrage. They're hedging underlying, they're just looking to take the premium out in the USD at the end. Now, while that doesn't reflect as positive an outlook as might otherwise be the case, that still stands testament to the maturation of BTC as an asset and just how confident an increasing number of companies are, if not in its full takeoff, at least it will survive long term. They feel comfortable dealing in this product. So on the whole, overwhelmingly positive. And despite the massive, massive surge in ECPs already this year, we do get the feeling that we're nowhere near done. Between the expansion of offerings from companies like FreeIQ, the possibility is still on the table for US ETP next year. Uh, that is that is definitely still possible. It's not off the table by any means. And continued expansion by firms like Iconic and Amon in European markets. We tend to think things are setting up nicely for a gold-like multi-year swell in the crypto ETP market. If we, remember, we go back to these cases. The first, I think it was in 2004, it went up 120%, 2005 it went up 80%, and it still was recording 30 40% year-on-year growth for several years after that. So there's a lot of them still left to run. Uh, thank you for listening and until next time.